Jordan and Jake. Powered by Ortho Carolina. The home stops. He throws it across field. Guess who? Jordan Gross. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome, welcome to the uh, week 17 issue uh, or edition, whatever it is, episode of Jordan and Jake podcast brought to you by Ortho Carolina. Jake, before we get going, I got to set the scene a little bit. Are you okay with that? Yes, sir. I'm very much okay with that. So I'm in Fruitland, Idaho, as I usually am when I call into this beloved podcast. And we've had ourselves a doozy of a snowstorm in the last 12 hours. Okay. So uh, the trickle down of that is my wife was supposed to take her car in to get a uh, oil change, which I was going to stay home to record this podcast. But due to the fact that there's massive snow accumulation happening all around us, I said, you know what? I'm I'm not having you go out in this. I'm going to take the car in. Thus, I'm currently recording from my on location studio, which is inside the cab of a random GMC Sierra pickup truck while the oil change gets done at the dealership and there's a an army of snow removal equipment happening all around me. So if we get uh some noise from the background that's what's happening although i am in a gmc sierra which is a pretty soundproof vehicle so there you go just so you know what i'm doing right now and it's about 22 degrees and i don't have any heat on i'm kind of cold well i appreciate you setting that so i'm gonna set my tone uh i am only 51 degrees warmer than you it is 73 degrees uh here in louisiana and the humidity is 4,743%. And it is uh, unbelievable, buddy, just um, how warm it is right now this time of year. It's not like it's going to be freezing down here, but um, it's unseasonably warm and humid, to say the least. That's the beauty of our podcast is we just give our listening audience, you know, both sides of the spectrum, both in weather and in opinion. So, here we go. Uh, Happy New Year's, Jay. Coming up this weekend. Next time I talk to you, it'll be 2022, which doesn't that just, I mean, I said this last year. It's like I reuse this every year, but it sounds like such a futuristic year. In the year 2022, you will be doing podcasts from inside trucks on your cellular device. You know what I mean? Yeah, certainly times, <laughs> uh, you know, it's very convenient. Uh, and very busy, I guess you could say, but uh, looking forward to a new year. I, um, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to make midnight though, Jordan, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very honest. I'll make midnight on, um, you know, other time zones, but I don't know if I'm going to make it on the central time zone. Is that bad? Oh, you're, you're kind of that you're at that stage in your life. You get up so early and all that, but I, you know, it's also depends on who you're around. If you go low key new year's Eve, it's, it's just the family. No big deal. We'll see you next year. You know, I'm going to sign off at 10 or something like that, but you got to, you got younger kids, you know, like I got the five-year-old, he's going to give it everything he's got to make it to midnight. That's like, you know, bigger than climbing Everest is the five-year-old trying to stay up for the new year. So we'll probably see how that goes, but I, I don't think it's bad. Jake. I, I do have a new year's resolution though. You ready? I am ready. Okay. More books in the morning less screens and here's what i mean by that we're so i'm not anti-screen time or anything and i don't overly spend too much of my day looking at my phone and all that stuff but it's hard it's i think in the morning we all need and i especially need 
like let's say 30 minutes or an hour or something if before you just start plugging into the news because you know what happens is you're like i'm gonna check my phone and then one thing leads to the next and it's just not the easiest start to your day always and i know you're heavy news we've went over this you read it and you listen to it in the morning but i'm gonna try to like ease into the day a little bit more because i get up way before i need to be anywhere anyways ease into the day more written word less screen time jake I like that. I like that. You know, I know you said I'm heavy news, but I, you know, I get up and it's quiet time, drink my coffee. I watch to see basically the weather and maybe some of the highlights. I'm definitely not into the, oh, the whole, uh, the world's coming to an end news that it seems like everybody wants to lead off, uh, on, but, um, but I mean the, the book, I get the book stuff, but I find I'm reading also in the morning though, Jordan, I'm, I'm reading, I'm as, football nerdy as I am I'm reading about what's new in the panther world or what whoever we're playing that week you know what's the new article and just try to I don't know just get myself ready I guess you can say all right well we'll, either way it's just good to have a little slow start is what I'm getting at sometimes I just kind of feel like I hit the ground running um big week for announcer news okay so first off we're a panther podcast so we got to talk Mick Mixon's final home game I saw that the team did a little tribute on the Jumbotron and the fans were able to cheer for him and all that. What was that experience like? And then I also want to hit on, obviously, John Madden passing away and what that means to me and you personally in the league in whole. Well, you know, the whole uh, Mick deal, it was uh, his last game to announce in uh, Bank of America Stadium. And we had a beautiful setting for that day. I mean, the weather was absolutely gorgeous. It was like 75 degrees, sunny. Uh, so it was fantastic. And, uh, you know, Mick is a um, he's a very humble guy and he really and truly, um, you know, when he knew that Panther Vision was going to be coming in in the third quarter and they were going to salute him on the video board. Um, and I think he was OK with it. He didn't love it because that's just not him. The last thing he wants is to make something about him. And um, they were showing him and the camera was right over my shoulder and they're showing him on the board and the people are clapping and he's sitting down and I had to look at him and I was like, stand up. So when he stood up, it's like the crowd (laughs) hit another gear, you know, and he waved everybody. So I thought it was a good moment. You know, it's um, kind of wish the game could have been going a little different, but uh, I believe Mick is truly appreciated. Just his uh, we've talked about his professionalism and the the way he announces a game and the the picture that he paints that you feel like you're actually there. So that was a, uh, that was nice. And, and then again, uh, coach Madden uh, passing away and they said unexpectedly, I I know he's a good age, but sounded like this wasn't something that um, it was anticipated. So, um, you know, you just knew, I think the whole Madden deal. Yeah. I don't remember him as a coach, obviously, uh, because he had retired gosh way before my time to say the least but you always knew when Madden was broadcasting one of your games it just felt bigger and my first start that uh I was I ever had John Madden and Pat Summerall called it I was uh with the Saints in uh Christmas Eve 1999 and I thought that was so cool um but then again you know the Panther years when Madden when Madden was in you knew it was a big game and um the last time I had a game with him, I remember we were playing the New York Giants, the end of the 08 season. 
and it was for home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs. And the game went into overtime, extremely blistery, windy day um, in the Giant Stadium. And uh, just remember the, uh, the Saturday night or Saturday after afternoon production meeting and you just walk in the room. It just felt different when it was Coach Madden. It, it just seemed different because we all always have production meetings and you got to know the the broadcast crew and the producer and, and things of that nature. But um, I don't know, it just was different when it was him. And uh, it just, it, you kind of felt like you just, you wanted to just get into the conversation with him and you talk ball and he was very quiet. He was a big man and he would start out kind of quiet, then he'd kind of get into it a little bit. And uh, I enjoyed those times. I thought that was great. And I always felt like pinching myself when I left. Like, man, I just sat down with John Matt, you know, and he's doing our game the, uh, the following evening. So uh, a huge loss and iconic. And not only just the broadcaster, but gosh, the Madden football game and the hand that he had in that football game and how it's still to this day just the number one, um, you know, sports game there is. Well, I, I'll, I'll reserve my uh, Mick Mixon comments for when I get to call the last game at Tampa Bay, which will be his last game. And so I'll heap praises on him uh, after that. But I'm glad that the, the home crowd treated him well, which, you know, they weren't cheering everybody on Sunday. That's for sure. But we can get into that in a minute. Um, John Madden, though, I, I don't know if you know this about me, Jake, but I tend to try to, like, be a little more jokey and off subject as a commentator and also a podcast host. Do, have you picked up on that much? Man, no, but now that yeah. you're saying it, I'm going right. to start following right. to see if yeah. I notice. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. John, I absolutely loved John Madden as a commentator. And your weird football brain, man, you can remember all that. I remember the last game and here's the scenario and Madden. I don't remember any of that. I just remember when I met him a few times, I don't even know where I was or when same deal it was like meeting royalty right but i his his ability to just have so much fun in the booth man just i even as a little kid i just loved it and same as you i didn't remember him as a coach and it's funny reading about him he's the winningest coach of all time for coaches with 100 games or more at over 75 percent win percentage and 12 hall of fame players he coached all he was there so he's an amazing coach and he was determined to get into the hall of fame as a coach not as like a contributor and, and everything like that so it took like 25 years or something like that before he made it in which was amazing but i you, you need to go just google john madden highlights because it, i just got some random youtube clips and he's like there's a pigeon on the field right and he goes him and Summerall go into this Super long thing talking about pigeons and Madden's like, yeah, you can do the pigeons out there in the secondary. You can the quarterback. You just be like, hey, go to the pigeon and make a right, and I'll throw you the ball. You know, like just like and now everybody's so professional and there's great commentators out there and all that stuff, but no one would do that. And I love it, man. And he was then there was another clip where he they were talking about Troy Aikman and I wonder if Troy Aikman tries to ever grow a beard and so some Madden's got the little telestrator and it's a side view of, of Aikman on the sideline with his hat on and he's like drawn in a beard he's like look there's nothing there he's 29 years old and look look here I'll take away my the, the paint and they take away the the telestrator he's like boom there's no beard he's like he said that's a four-day beard right there he said that's like me when I exercise for four days no results I just quit oh so good man I, so no I, anyway I, I appreciate I appreciate that because sometimes you get these I don't know that's just me you hear some announcers sometimes and it's like hey let's uh, let's not be so 
I don't know if it's uptight or so, you know, you want to tell, don't tell me how smart you are or, or, yeah. or how smart you think you are. Yeah, I mean, this is a conversation. I think you have a conversation with an audience. And yeah. uh, that's, I think, was the genius behind John Madden. Well, we could go on and on, but like you said, somebody said in an article I was reading about him, because I've spent a lot of days or time reading about him because I'm such a fan. They said there may be no bigger contributor to football than John Madden with his foot, with his coaching, then his extensive broadcasting career, and then introduce like most young people now only know don't even know the name of the video game. So huge loss, and you know, just a blessing for me in my youth to be able to listen to him and i probably i mean if it wasn't for um, the uh being able to hear him i might not have ever pursued trying to do some of this stuff because he just showed a different way of being able to do it so enough about that jake uh let's talk about the tampa game it was great for mick it wasn't great for a lot of other stuff we have quarterbacks rotating in and out and the fans are frustrated and man give me give me give me the jake delone rundown but it was a little rough. I, I, I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, game started out well. Loved our first drive. Uh, you know, Cam running the football and, and making, I think it was a 33-yard run. And, you know, we um, we came out defensively and got them to punt. Maybe they got a first down on the first drive and then that punt. And, you know, just things kind of snowballed, Jordan. And it's the same old story. We, um, we had a little trouble running it against them. And we had trouble protecting. Uh, and give them credit. Listen, that's a good football team. I think we all know that. That's so easy to say. Um, strong, physical men up front. And uh, we had some issues uh, trying to protect it. And so Sam Darnold, the return of Sam, he came in, made a big play uh, early in the game, uh, came in the booze, and two plays later there was some cheers. So just kind of – it's almost the same old story, Jordan. It's, uh, you know, it, for me, it's uh, – I feel it. I feel the pain. It hurts. And uh, I think Matt Rule addressed it um, in the press conference after. He totally understands the, the pain that the fans are feeling and things of that nature. And, you know, he feels his process is working. And, um, you know, we, I, I think our defense has improved over the last uh, year and stuff like that. And uh, we've put a lot of resources toward that and, and draft capital and, and some currency and – so now it looks like um, I know maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, we're going to have to address the other side of the ball offensively. And I think it's uh, offensive line is an area where that's going to have to be addressed. I mean, you look at some of the better teams in the National Football League and, and let's look at Tampa. They were down many, many players in, in Mike Evans and Godwin and things like that. But they still had that offensive line, a bunch of early picks, some some dra- some currency uh, in that offensive line, and Tom could still get back there and, and make plays. And yes, I, I understand Antonio Brown is a very good football player, but he had time to throw him to the football. I think we only affected Tom one time uh, with one knockdown. So um, it was a rough game. There's just no way around it. And uh, our team fights. I will say that it's not like we're just giving up and laying an egg. Our, our our team will fight, and uh, they've got some grit to them. It's just you'd like to see some success on the field, and, and, and hopefully it's um, it's coming soon. Well, if there was a Panther resolution I could give, it would be blessings of health upon the O-line in 2022, Jake. It, COVID now, we've got uh, – Elf line is already on COVID, right? Uh, in Tecklenburg now, the center, he's on the COVID list, so you're hoping Elf line can come back, and it's – 
You're right, Jake. A healthy O-line isn't going to – I mean, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with just a healthy O-line, but as you just well said, it definitely gives you an opportunity to be successful. Uh, the Saints, they beat Tampa Bay 9 nothing, and then they get 22 players on COVID, and they get beat uh, easily by Miami on Monday Night Football. So just what what weird – what a weird variable to have to coach through and prepare for. And, and the Panthers, they've had players at home this week because of the outbreak. And we don't even know who the starting quarterback is. And so much for rule. You know, I'm all for – there's been talk, you know, the hot seat, and that happens every year when you're not winning. But it'd be crazy, in my opinion, to do anything or people suggest rules should move on because he's built – he's building his new team. It came in with COVID, COVID and quarterback turnover and the new or offensive coordinators, everything hasn't been perfect, Jake, but you got to play the long game here. And then, and that brings me to the booing thing. I think if fans, here's my thoughts. If fans are booing when it's really is bad, like there's reasons to boo right now in the final home game of the regular season, when you lose horribly to the same or to the uh, Buccaneers, excuse me, the Buccaneers are very good, but there's frustrations like crazy. And that's a fine reason to boo someone. In my opinion, I usually, I, I remember being in games when we'd get booed and I'm thinking, yeah, I'd probably be booing right now. <laughs> you know, like there's just, there's certain times to do it. Other times, maybe if it's a personal attack on somebody chanting, you know, the fire rule, it's like, well, guys, you know, it's not like there's just a million coaches that can come in and then the first year win a Super Bowl like Gruden did with the Bucks. like there's perfect scenarios for that so you know what's kind of your thoughts on that Jake and and the Matt rule moving forward and just kind of where we're at as we finish out this season well listen I uh I truly understand some of the booing listen it's it's an expensive outing when you go to an NFL football game whether um you're a family that goes one time a year season ticket hole or PSL or whatever it may be I get it. And fans have the right to boo. And, and, and that's fine. Trust me. I got booed out of Panther Stadium. And, and now I get cheered at Panther Stadium. I think, you know, time heals <laughs> and whatnot. But that's just that's part of the game. And, and I, I know as a quarterback and, you know, Sam gets booed uh, when he comes on the field. But I don't know when Sam started playing football, let's say fourth grade or whatnot. That's the contract that you sign when you're a quarterback. You're going to get way too much credit, way too much blame, and be ready for, um, you know, tons of praise. But be ready for the bad because it's going to come. You just have to accept it. I just think that's part of the deal. And um, and I feel some of their pain. I'm like, I, I want us to have success. I want us to to, to win and, and, you know, just have some fun, and especially at home, which we haven't had since uh, the first couple of games of the year. So I can understand that, but I'm like you, listen, you got to, you can't just always start over. I think it takes a little time to build something. And yes, would it be nice to have a quick turnaround? Absolutely. I think we'd all love that, but I, I do see progress in what we've done defensively. Um, last in 2020, all seven draft picks were dedicated to defense. Um, this year, first round pick, uh, top 10 pick, uh, who looks to be a pretty good, pretty good pick. And J.C. Horn, you know, he gets hurt. and We've had some injuries. So I could see us addressing the other side and just giving it time and, and let things kind of start to build. And that's how you kind of build a team. We have a, a good young nucleus, some good young talented football players that I think will continue to be, get better. So that's kind of my, my two cents on it, Jordan. It's a, um, I understand it's frustrating. I understand it's very, very hard um, at times. But 
that's just the way it goes, man. You just got to keep on, you know, you know, working the process, so to speak. Well, and it's funny because, you know, the Jaguars are in the hunt for a new coach and then they've got leaked out, whether it's correct or not. There's a list of interviews that they want to have or interest, candidates they're interested in. And Leftwich and Kellen Moore are on the list as coordinators that have never been head coaches. But the other player or the other names I've heard with Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell, Todd Bowles, Dan Quinn, all coaches that have been booed and fired from where they were at before. So, right. you know, the pool yeah. is... The pool is the pool. I like what rules do, and I think Tepper um, would be very smart to continue to support him. And, you know, it's not a never-ending agreement, but you got to give a couple years to get it set up, as you just said, Jake. So let's talk about the the Saints game. It got moved, flexed. Not really sure why. I guess just because it's a division game, uh, and the Saints are in the hunt still for the playoffs, which is funny because they've had such an up-and-down season. But whenever you play at new orleans it's always a wild atmosphere on the heels of new year's eve i'm sure it'll be well attended and well lubricated with the fans and their jovial um attitudes from the holiday festivities on bourbon street so always a fun game who in the heck knows who's going to be playing for either team who's going to be quarterback for the saints all i know is it's going to be a fun game and you're always enjoy going down there to new orleans and get cheered from both sides probably don't you yeah, I'm looking forward to going down there, Jordan. Um, and the flex, I'm not so sure if this was due to NFL wanting to move certain games or the Sugar Bowl is the night before uh, in the Superdome. So that whole field and stadium, that field needs to be get turned around for the game the next day. So there will be some fresh spray paint on that uh, field turf uh, to take off the old Sugar Bowl logos and things of that nature. And um getting the broadcast companies in there and, and getting set up to be able to broadcast the game. So maybe that had something uh, to do with it. Um, and again, I don't know who's going to be up for the saints and I'm hopeful we can have a, a steady team that we can show up with because with this whole situation, we, we don't know. We don't know till last minute. I heard something yesterday that the saints played two players on Monday night that Sean Payton met for the first time three and a half hours before the game in the Superdome when they were getting fitted for helmets, cleats, shoulder pads, and pants. Um, two guys that had to show up, get fitted, and played that night. So um, certainly um, it's a different time, so I'm not sure who's going to be up for New Orleans. The one thing I will say, though, uh, New Orleans is still alive for a playoff spot, and they remember week two of the season. Very simple. We embarrassed New Orleans uh, in Carolina. They were coming off a win where they destroyed Green Bay. And, uh, yes, they had a few players out, some coaches out with COVID. But we got after them, and the game was really – it wasn't that close of a football game, to be quite honest. So, I think the Saints are going to remember that and know that, and uh, they're still fighting for their playoff life. So, uh, we're going to have to be ready. I think we'll, we'll see a team that's going to uh, – come out with some with some fighting and that's for sure well the saying goes jake the best ability is availability you ever heard that i have heard that all my life yeah and it's never more true than now i mean imagine the phone calls that guys are getting as you said somebody you meet sean payton for the first time about to go play for him in three hours it's just as we've continued to say for over two years now or so, what an odd time, man. You know, just the circumstances of who's going to be the starting center and the starting quarterback for the Panthers this weekend. None of us even know. And it's week 17. It's just, 
Absolutely bonkers, Jake. Um, if you don't have anything to do on New Year's Day, since I know you'll be well rested as you've already announced you're going to bed early and you don't leave, you probably drive, you're going to drive down on game day for the New Orleans game, I'm assuming. Is that correct? Yes, sir. That is yeah. the correct assumption. Easy travel for you. Uh, Utah's in the Rose Bowl against the Ohio State. Uh, number 10 versus number seven. And I'm obviously excited. It's the Utes' first time in the Rose Bowl, first Pac-12 championship. So I will be watching that from a snow-filled uh, area somewhere. So, uh, uh, Jake, have fun. That's that's long enough. This silver, or this GMC Sierra has served me nicely as my snowy on-location studio. And I did get one guy scooping snow real close to me, but luckily you couldn't hear it too much. So the soundproofing I can attest to in these new rigs is pretty nice, Jake. Uh, have fun. Say hi to the guys. And uh, I'll talk to you in the year 2022, bud. That sounds good. And uh, Jordan, I really and truly believe these Utah Utes are going to upset Ohio State in this Rose Bowl. Well, I hope they do because that would just be flat out fun because my pro team right now is not bringing home a lot of W's. So I'm riding high. I'm like, I just flop. You know, I got my high school team, my college team, my pro team. As long as one of the three is okay, I just go all in on that group. So right now I'm going heavy, heavy units. Sounds good, man. Have a happy, happy new year. All right, bud. Jordan and Jake, powered by Ortho Carolina. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way.